Good morning, everyone. It's uh, Herb Morgan, Senior Managing Director, Chief Investment Officer here at Canter Managed ETF Portfolios. This is my market and economic commentary for the week. Beginning today, Monday, August 21st, uh, this will be my final commentary just for a couple of weeks. We're going to have a vacation, uh, and I will return back to you with commentary on September 11th. So don't be alarmed. Uh, if there is no uh, mailed commentary, rest assured, we're still on top of markets and things happening. The rest of the team, the staff here is as well. But I will be out available if anybody needs me, but out for a couple of weeks on uh, vacation. As a reminder, this is available as uh, a podcast or a subscription-based uh, email. It comes out with all the charts and graphs and you to hear my lovely voice. Uh, the presentation has been prepared by us, Cantor Fitzgerald Investment Advisors, for use with investors and financial advisors who are each expected to make their own investment decisions. Nothing contained in this presentation should be treated as investment advice or a recommendation for the purchase or sale of any security. The information contained here is purely for informational purposes only. Well, we're, we're kind of having a bad month in August, and you know, there's some seasonality to August and September. Even October, where people talk about that, no strong statistical correlation, but it's fulfilling. The prophecy is fulfilling this year, but it's also fulfilling on the back of seven really great months, right? I mean, we're still looking at an S&P up 15% for the year. The MSCI ACWI is up 11.5%. But despite that, there was a lot of red on my screen last week. And uh, true to form, you folks are resilient and resolute. You are long-term investors. You, you did not call or inundate, inundate us with panic phone calls or messages last week. So we appreciate that. Uh, of course, you're always welcome to call and inundate us. Uh, but we know that you know that this is part of investing. You have up months and weeks. You have down months and weeks. And in, uh, we believe that long-term uh, is the way to think. So, okay, we move on. We talk about some of the economic data. And then I'm going to wind it up with a look at this debate, this tug of war we're involved right now between uh, soft landing and the recession camp, the two camps here. Uh, retail sales in July grew much more than expected, up seven tenths. The estimate was for four tenths, backing out automobiles and gas. Uh, we were up to full 1%. The estimate was for four tenths. Well, that certainly leads to the soft landing camp because retail sales are just plain strong. But what wasn't strong was a report from New York State Manufacturing or Empire State Manufacturing, which you can see really here very clearly has been, you know, negative with a few up positive months here. This is going all the way back to late 2021. We had the big resilience, the, you know, the, up, the up moves relating to reopening after COVID. Uh, and the survey for New York State Manufacturing went to minus 19. Excuse me, the result was minus 19. The survey was minus one. New orders down, shipments down, employment held, okay, great. On a negative side, inflationary pressures reaccelerated. But this is a, was the big surprise. I read through the report. The respondents said, we expect business conditions to continue to improve. And that number was the highest its level it's been in a year. So you could take this report and argue really for either side of that camp. So a couple of days later, we get the Philly Fed manufacturing survey, and that one had a surprise jump. The estimate was minus 10.4, consistent with where it's been, negative. 
since late December, late uh, 2021, and that rose to positive territory. So perhaps the worst is over for New York and Philly is sort of the leading indicator of that. New orders went from negative 16 to positive 16. Shipments went from negative 12 to positive six. Employment did not improve. And here though, where things were getting better, the expectations dropped. They were still above zero, which is a positive number. Taking, taking the two reports together, New York and Philly suggests, I think on the margin, uh, would help to argue for the soft landing camp. Housing market sentiment, sentiment, that's the sentiment of the nation's home builders to a survey, fell from 56, which is positive because it's above 50. So there's the 50 line right there, but it dropped to exactly 50. That was the first decline month over month in over a year that had to do something to do with higher interest rates. We're now looking at a 4.3% 10 year and the highest mortgage rates we've seen in about 15 or 16 years. Present sales situation fell from 62 to 57. Future fell a little bit. Traffic really declined uh, quite significantly. Housing starts and permits. Housing starts rose 3.9, well above expectations after a big drop in June. Building permits were below expectations after a 3.7% drop uh, in June as well. Moving on to industrial production and capacity utilization. This red line represents capacity utilization. What percentage of the nation's factory output capacity is being utilized? You want to, you're kind of healthy at this high 70s level, which is exactly where we are. Uh, we came in at 79.3. You start worrying about inflationary pressures above 80. We were really worried about it here a year to a year and a half ago. Now we've been below 80 for some time. So that's all pretty good. Nothing wrong with that. And the strongest indicator for the soft landing of all is the continued strength in the jobs market. Initial claims for unemployment were at 239,000, right in line with expectations of 240. Continuing claims for unemployment around 1.7. So the cause for recession, it's really hard to have a recession if people are working. If people are working in this country, we're spending. And we're spending on retail sales. We're spending on houses. We're spending on travel, leisure, experiences, all of the things that we do. So, uh, when and if we get a recession, I think this will probably be the first thing to start to percolate higher. You start getting close to 300,000 or above, which could happen at any time, right? It's not, it's not like we're that far from it, but above 300 is when I say the jobs market is weak, indicating that the consumer is weak. There are a lot of other early indicators people are talking about right now, from savings to credit cards, uh, et cetera. But with jobless claims at a very healthy level, it seems unlikely that we are there uh, yet. We're pretty much through earnings season and it was better than expected, or some people will say better than feared, but on uh, 375 out of 471 companies that have reported have beat, the beats are strong, all sectors, every one of the 11 sectors is doing better uh, than expected and consumer discretionary, right? The first thing to go if you're having a recession is consumer discretionary. Consumer staples, totally different, right? Things we must have even in a recessionary environment. Discretionary things are what goes away. And so here we are, 46 uh, out of 52 companies have reported. And the earnings surprises are very significant, over 20%.
So let's dive a little bit deeper. We first thing that's really probably caught most investors' attention over the last few weeks is this new surge higher in 10-year Treasury yields. You know, we got down to you know, sub 1% in the 0 0.58, 0 0.59, 0 0.6 level on a 10-year Treasury back in 2020 due to the COVID pandemic, right? The Fed cut interest rates to essentially zero, and the Fed went into the open market and purchased bonds and, and mortgage-backed securities. And so uh, when you have an economic shutdown like we had, it, it, that voluntarily we had that, it was not a lack of demand, it was a supply based recession, we voluntarily shut down the economy. That got uh, deflationary pressures roaring and that got interest rates essentially to zero. But since then, the Fed has hiked rates 11 times. The Fed has let the balance sheet run off and the market-based rate, the 10-year treasury rate, has been marching ever steadily higher. We got to kind of a short-term peak before retracing. We crossed through that peak. So you can see here this morning at 4.35, we haven't been here since late 07, early 08, even before the global financial crisis. On the good news side, it means the Fed's got plenty of room. If we do reach into some uh, economic turmoil to cut rates, et cetera. But one of the things I did when they raised that short-term interest rate so high, the Fed funds rate, which is like an overnight rate, they raised that interest rate so high, they raised it very high, very fast, and it got above the yield even on 10-year treasury. So you as an investor could go out and you still can. You can get paid more for owning a six-month treasury than you can get for buying a 10-year treasury. So then when you look at this chart, we call it the inverted yield curve. Short-term rates are higher than long-term rates. When that's the case, the, it's measured in basis points, the number becomes negative. There's zero. And historically, when the three-month rate minus the 10-year yield is negative, meaning inverted, three-month minus 10-year is negative, and you go down here, or 10, yeah, 10, 10 minus three is negative, excuse me, uh, you know what I meant. You go back here, it gets inverted, and then you have a recession. Does the inversion cause the recession, or did the Fed rate hiking beyond maybe where they should cause the recession? This is forever the debate among economists and market strategists and technicians. But as you can see, three for three since 2000, negative yield curve, recession, negative yield curve, recession, negative yield curve, recession, negative yield curve, more negative than we've had in the past and no recession yet. But you can also see that the inversion time precedes the recession by six months, a year, a year and a half. It's, it's out there, right? And so even though that inversion is lessening, it doesn't mean there's no recession coming. Now, there, is the two, there are the two camps. One camp says recession is imminent. Less and less people in that camp these days, you remember my wrong call from March, and the other recession saying we're going to engineer the first ever soft landing. We're gonna have lots and lots of Fed uh, uh, rate hikes, and but we're gonna we're gonna stop at the right time, and the economy is gonna get back on track. Part of the reason for that argument is because they said this was never a demand-based recession. First, you know, the recession from 2020 was never demand-based; it was a supply restricted. So it was a different recession than we've ever experienced in the past. But let's look at the two camps, recession camp, leading economic index down 10 consecutive months. 
That's never not led to recession. Manufacturing, it's only 15% of our economy, but that's been contracting for six months. And then we just saw the conflicting reports between New York and Philly. The Fed has been tightening for a year and a half, 11 rate hikes. The curve has inverted, whether that's causation or correlation, you can decide. Money supply is negative, meaning we are deprinting money. We have been shredding money and the Fed's balance sheet has been shrinking. All of those things are negative for growth. Now, this one here, the debt ceiling limitation, the agreement, which leads to some fiscal restraint in future years, can be the argument both for recession and for soft landing. Both sides of the debate are pointing to that one. Uh, and, number, and finally, uh, because of what happened with Silicon Valley Bank and First Republic, et cetera, we're seeing banks' unwillingness to lend, charging incredibly high interest rates. I talked to a lender friend over the weekend who works with lines of credit. He said last year, year and a half ago, he was paying 3% for the line of credit. He's now paying 8.5%. I spoke to a car dealer who said he was paying 3% for inventory loans to keep cars on the lots. He's now paying 8.5%. And these are high credit individuals. Think about a small business trying to get loans right now. It's nearly impossible. Well, that's constrict, constrictive economic policy and ultimately should lead to a recession. But the soft landing camp comes out and says, look, the Tax Cut and Jobs Act of 2017, which cut corporate tax rates significantly, has led to economic growth and hiring and innovation. True. The Inflation Reduction Act more recently passed that had a significant amount of stimulus spending and very significantly targeted towards systemically important industry of technology, um, information technology, which is leading to the partly contributing or going parallel with artificial intelligence, innovation, the boom, the labor market is strong. And we all know you can't have a recession if the labor market doesn't contract, if you don't have layoffs. The service sector is absolutely booming uh, and they also point to the fiscal restraint from the debt ceiling. So you've got, and it, this isn't a red, blue, Republican, Democrat. This is a sort of, hey, are we going to hit recession or are we not going to hit recession? And Glenn and I fall into the ceiling that we are going to hit recession. It just wasn't in March and it probably isn't even this year. We've got, we've still got this massive fiscal spending coming from the Inflation Reduction Act. We still have a very strong labor market, service sector. And so it's going to take some time. There will be a recession. We don't think it's this year. Okay, moving on. Economic data this week. Today, Monday, is quiet. Home sales uh, on Tuesday. We've got flash readings from S&P Global on services and manufacturing. Manufacturing is still in contraction. You see that 49.0. Home sales, jobless claims, 240. That's not recessionary. Durable goods and consumer sentiment. As a reminder, we're available as a podcast, but also I will be out uh, returning to you with new commentary on the 11th. Of course, if something big happens, I'll probably find my way to a computer uh, and make sure you hear from either me or Glenn during that period. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you again on the 11th.